t-shirts are as ferocious as the dunks or bangouts Richard and Channing throw down from time to time, and their softness can't even be matched. Homage has been turning back the clock with throwback tees for years, from the NBA to the Ultimate Warrior, you know, the tee LeBron wore on the plane after leading the Cavs, to its first title the city had seen in over 50 years. Well, Homage tells the stories of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Go to homage.com, that's H-O-M-A-G-E, and pay homage with your favorite tee. Be sure to check out the NBA GM tees and one exclusively made for me and you. We're road tripping at homage.com. And with that, we welcome you into another edition of Road Trippin'. I'm your host, Allie Clifton. And just to set the scene for those who are tuning in and listening, um, we are at the 2017 NBA NHL Seminar, which is located at the beautiful Terranea Resort here in Palos Verdes. Um, And so with that, we've got a couple of guests that maybe some of our listeners know, maybe they don't, maybe they need to know a little bit more of. Yeah. Um, So to my left is uh, the beautiful Sarah Kustak, analyst with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Richard Jefferson is here alongside. You've heard you're, his you're, voice. You're not going to say I'm beautiful, too. I don't. No. Okay, that's that fair. That's fair. Well, I wonder if either of you guys are going to get beautiful. No, I just, I, 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 I'm just going to wait. You can okay. do me next. Richard, you do the honor. Everyone's going to introduce uh, Should we edit that? Whoa. <laughs> <Richard>. <laughs> I got you. We're sorry. not editing any of that. It's gonna, see, this is why you guys drink wine. This is why the minute you do, it just makes it so much more fun. Richard, you got your guests. Oh, jeez. Ah, yeah, so to my left, Stanford alum. Yeah, whatever. The beautiful. The beautiful. <laughs> Brev and I. How are you doing, Brev? I'm great. Good. I, you were about to take a drink before you I, said... That's good. good. You guys live good in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, we got to step up our game. Yeah. Uh, and one more person, my favorite of all time, Marcus Johnson. Can you Raymond. proper? Yeah. What? Yeah, Raymond. Yeah, she, she's never seen White Man Can't oh, Jump. No. no yes, what? yes. My claim to fame. Yeah, yes. We're, we're going to have to, again, don't worry. We have a whole episode. Wait, honestly? Honestly. Okay, if you haven't. Okay, so some of the people Frank. that, some of, some of the uh, newer listeners out there, we did an episode not too long ago called Shit Allie Hasn't Seen. And, and surprisingly, it could have been an episode that lasted for four days, but we, we narrowed it down to about an mm, hour and 15. So, yes, Allie hasn't seen a lot of movies. So, real quick, I'm going to give you guys a short story. So, uh, it's not going to be that short. Uh, I was asked to do a monologue, and so I was trying to pick between monologues because uh, they want me to do, uh, for The Ringer, they wanted me to do like a monologue from a movie. So I was trying to pick one, and I discussed it with Allie. I was like, well, I'm thinking about doing uh, the Raymond scene from White Man Can Jump. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, wait, you, you've never seen White Man Can Jump? And I was like, you know this is Marcus Johnson. She was like... What? And so I sent her the YouTube clip, and she was like, no way. <laughs> and the best part about it is, and, and in her defense, I was going through college. You did so many of our Arizona games right. when I was at school. And I did not know until I think I saw you in the NBA, and I was doing something, and somebody told me, uh, somebody, as soon as they saw you, they did the whole Raymond thing. And I was like, why did you do that? They're like, you know that's Raymond from White Man. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, he did every one of my games in college. That was my favorite movie, and I had no idea. Mainly because you looked like you were seven feet tall next yeah. to Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you, <laughs> yeah. and, and so when I saw you and you were like the same size as me, it didn't really equate. But yeah, Allie hasn't seen it. Well, 
every time I see a couple of things, every time I see Isaiah Thomas, he's like, Raymond, is that you? That's Raymond. all he says. <laughs> every, say every, every Celtic game. <laughs> and then the other thing, I, I was spoke at a banquet for Grant Hill when he was a senior and was up for the Wooden Award. This is okay. how long ago that was. And I asked everybody in the room, did they have any idea, all the young people, any idea what I did as a basketball player? They're kind of looking at me like, nah. So anybody remember me as Raymond from White Man Can't Jump? And they just stood up and applauded. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's kind of my claim to fame with the younger generation. No, you, and so, it's, except for Allie. And it's yeah. still going. <laughs> Allie still hasn't seen it. I, Allie's too young. Uh, but, oh, thank but, you. But, thank but, you. It's because Allie's it's, too young. But it's still it's a, out of her it's an iconic But I don't watch movie. movies. You, it's, there's still no excuse. I, I, like we're, we've been trying to find excuses for you in the last year. Uh, with that said, since I didn't realize that, what drew you into entertainment? Uh, I've been acting since, what, about 11 or 12 years old in junior high school, majored in theater arts at UCLA, started out in poli-sci, but we had to read like three books a month, and that was way <laughs> too many. And so I, 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 I matriculated over to the theater arts department, and... It's just something that's always been a real passion. Still, I'm you know, writing and producing movies and doing stuff now that uh, hopefully will continue. So, yeah. That's awesome. So good. And you're still Raymond. Trying to get LeBron to read the script of mine called Stentorians about integrating the uh, fire department in L.A. back in 1956. So when you talk to LeBron, make sure you... I mentioned it to him at UCLA. You can give him a shout out on this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is his yeah, this is, this is literally his company. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, there you I go. think they have people I, to make sure that uh, we don't do anything too yeah. stupid and they've been failing miserably. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, but can, just, for, just for the kids out, time, uh, you know, out there, can I just get, you know, is that... Wait. Is that you, Raymond? <laughs> just one time. Come on, just give it to me. Nah, this ain't me. <laughs> oh, boy. oh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite. That's all I need. Oh, cute. Um, yeah. Um, so, Brad, how you doing, man? I'm, hey, listen, I, I live a great life. You do. We were talking about how great of a life you lead, you lead earlier. So, uh, call games, play golf, and that's, that's it. it. That's it. I, and I don't, I don't make any qualms about it. I tell my broadcast agent, you don't have to call me in the summer. <laughs> don't ask me to I do anything because I, I do nothing in the summer. Well, you know, so I kind of followed your career because you were, your senior year was, uh, what year was that? 96? 97. So that was the year Arizona won the national championship. You guys, did you guys win the conference that year? No, we did. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? We, second? We were second. Second in the conference. And so I kind of watch. I watch your career play against Mike Bibby. What play against? He wouldn't Miles guard Simon. me. Yeah, no, I told no. Him, I, he, I, I was very upset about that. He, he didn't. He want, would never guard me. He didn't want that action. He, he didn't want that action when I think you guys got to the pros. He, no, he. Ne it, it really pissed me off because he came into the Pac-10 as supposed to being. You the, almost the, said twelve. I almost did. <laughs> you almost not, that's it's a ten. I, it's that's okay. A ten. And he was supposed to be the man. He as a freshman, he was supposed yeah. to be the best point guard in the Pac-10. And the first game that we meet him. I'm hyped, ready. Yeah. And I'm being guarded by Michael Dickerson. Now that's tough, because Mike D. Mike was a was big defender, yeah. but I was going to defend Bibby on the other end. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and they finished fifth in the Pac-10 that year. Uh, it was, you know, they talked a lot about it mainly because they finished fifth and then ended up going on to win a national championship. But you get drafted. I see you. You know, I go to Arizona. I think you kind of known because Stanford was really, really good for a few years. So I have an idea. You watch those Stanford battles between the, the Collins twins, Casey Jacobson, mm -hmm. Mark Madsen. You, you guys were a force. I don't know what the hell has happened since, but you guys, <laughs> you guys are really good there for a stretch. Uh, hey, lay off really, my boys. No, I don't know. And so, you know, one of the things I want to talk about, and I've always kind of admired from you, is the transition that you made straight from playing 
uh, and being a notable player on multiple teams and just being kind of a heady point guard straight into broadcasting, like without skipping a beat. I swear to God, I saw you in a uniform. <laughs> and then the very next year, I saw you in a suit. And I was like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Well, you, 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 you told me earlier uh, off mic that you were talking to your wife. Like, tell me about that timeline, that date. Well, it was so a lot, you guys know that when the season's over, we all take time off. Usually right around June, July, we start doing a little bit of something. And June came around. There was nothing. July came around. There was nothing. August hit. And now my wife's like, so you it's about time to start getting back to it. <laughs> and, and, get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. It's time for you to start getting yeah. ready. You're so just you going to keep playing golf? Right. What's going on? Right. Yeah. So I it got to that point, and I said, I'm done. Yeah. Memphis called and said, we would like for you to come work out. And I said, listen, I've been playing this game for 12 years. If you don't know what I do at right now, or yeah. you don't need what I do, then it's, it's just not there. And so it, for me, it was, it was time to be done. And, and I think for... Uh, a lot of people, basketball is your entire life. It wasn't your entire life. So I thought it was fine for you to make a transition. You are finding your voice and doing something else. And a lot of times people just get pigeon-held into, I got to keep doing this because it's all I want to do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all I wanted to do. And so it, it was, I was fine to be done playing. And I was talking earlier, and Mike said that he still plays in the summer up and down. And I'm yeah. like, I haven't played basketball in nine years. <laughs> and, and, and I don't, I, except playing with my son's team, where I feel like I can dominate sixth graders. Does the height difference bother it's you not, that they're so that much they're taller, taller than you? They're that taller. they're taller. Than That's you? the bad part. <laughs> is I have four kids on my team taller than me, and so even when I go play in the post, I'm still not the big guy on the yeah, team. So it, it's times if I've gotten older, but I think I've gotten shorter. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, but there's a lot was, to be said, too, for, and I know, I know you said 12 years is enough, but I, I respect a guy like you that's played, what are you in? 17, 18, 19, 17, what are you, just 17, 17 years. Yeah. Richard, how old are you? I am 37 years yeah. old. But, but a teammate of mine, Cedric Maxwell, works for the Celtics now. He used to always talk about they're going to have to tear this jersey off me. You know, they yeah. go, come back here, give me the uniform, Mr. Yeah. Maxwell. Make them tear it off you, man. Play as long hey. as you feel like you can produce and be... And be one, a more player. One, yeah, more one, one more year. One, one more year, basically. <laughs> well, no, that's what you say. At, no, that, every year. I, every year, one, one, one more. more year. And it's, again, a lot of it has to do, I, I remember when I first got to Cleveland and Derek Millender, our strength and conditioning coach, he wanted to do all these tests, right? And he was like, okay, we need to do a jumping test. We need to do a biomechanic test. We need to do all blah, blah. And I looked at him and I was like, no. And he, and he was confused. He's like, but Richard, like, if something happens, we need to know a before and after. I'm like, look. If this shit breaks down, it's done. Like there, there is no nine-month rehab and coming back. Like when this, when this is done, I'm done. And hey, I, I had a great run. And so, you know, it, it, you're you're right. You're gonna do it as long as you possibly yeah. can. And, and and one of the things that from guys that I respected, you know, you Eddie Johnson over there, I, I've had so many so many guys just come up to me and just like when they see like an older player towards it, keep going. Just yep. just just. Do it till you can't do it anymore. Because I don't really see a big three in my future. Um, I can't go to the, the, the big three league, and, and I, I just I, I, I you can't can be a do player, that. coach. No, yeah, I, I I was actually impressed with how how good the league did and how impressive the kind of the quality was, considering that it was it seemed like it was like a last minute thing, yeah. but it still is not for me. To bring you in, Sarah. Everyone in here obviously is aware. Um, but for our listeners, um, you've been on the sideline uh, for quite some time, and 
you, you stepped into the booth and you're an analyst, you're a female analyst, which in itself is obviously an amazing uh, accomplishment. And, um, but now as you are fully transitioning from the sideline to the booth as an analyst, what have you noticed in the last three years kind of doing both? Uh, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm psyched. Yeah. I get to call a game that Richard's playing in. Oh my God, I know, right? <laughs> That it's it's gonna make me nervous. I'm gonna be really honest. I am. I may heckle you. you as you should. I'll press my cough button and heckle you <laughs> as you're running down the foot. No, it's 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 incredible. T trying to figure out the transitioning. I mean, I had went to grad school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was a math nerd. I wanted yeah. to get into business. I was gonna go into like accounting, finance, uh, but I wanted to stay around the game. And I think that's what drew me to TV. And so the opportunity to call games, and, and you talked about it, like it's, it's not work. It's, it's a dream to get to do. And you talk about being a female with it. I think I, I don't always love the attention on that. Like I just want to show up and do my job mm -hmm. um, and be a part of a team. And I think that's what our great producer, Frank DeGrace, and, and all the rest, um, it's an opportunity to still be a part of a team and, and have that adrenaline rush. And I just, it's an incredible thing. Yeah, no, I... I and I'm very connected to the Nets, un unfortunately, still, just because they're my guy. <laughs> fortunately. Like, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, fortunately, no. But uh, no, I, I'd be saying more when when I use the term unfortunately, it, it's more of just because, you know, I, it didn't end well, and so, but just no matter what, I'm always connected with them. And I mean, end well from like the team. You get traded, and that's part of the business, and we all understand that. But it was like no matter what, everywhere I go, it's people are just like. Loved you on the Nets days. Like, thanks. I've played 12 years since then. Appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. But cool. Glad you guys enjoyed that. But no, I, I just, you know, to, to piggyback on what Ali said, I, I think, you know, the opportunity to, to transition into another um, part of the game, whether it's playing into, you know, coaching or broadcasting or going sideline to calling the game, like, those opportunities are such challenges, and I think as competitors, we all embrace the, the challenge and the competitiveness of doing something new and trying to succeed. And so, uh, no, no, that, that's impressive to take on the challenge. But you said that you didn't, you don't really like the attention that that, that being a female brings. Like, well, why? I, I think it's a positive attention. What, what I love is for young girls, mm -hmm. um, anyone, young boys, mm -hmm. to, to not, and I think it's changed, like I think it's changing, um, but to not see that as a, oh, there's a, there's a woman calling an NBA game. Mm -hmm. I, I like people to be judged on, are they good? Do they know the game? Do mm -hmm. they understand it? Are they able to call it mm -hmm. um, in a way that helps teach the viewers? Mm -hmm. And so that I love, and I love the next generation growing up not thinking it's, it's a big deal. Um, but on the same token, I think it's awesome. Yeah. It, and, I, it, and I do, I, I love the opportunity to, to step into those roles and, and so many different people are, are doing things that may be outside the norm or outside their comfort zones. And that's all about you know, challenging yourself and growing. Is there an added uh, layer of pressure just because I think there's an so added unique? level of, yeah. There's a, I think there's an added level of critique. And I, I think that's a different, you, you are, you, I think you're perceived differently and you're judged differently and you're going to, have an extra, <laughs> extra glass of wine. laughing right now because I'm pouring more wine for the group. Uh, that's just part, I, I just want everyone here to get the full, Brevin, if you don't give me your, Brevin's not swear, having this. If you don't give me, I'm just saying, I want everyone to get the full experience, <laughs> right? That's, that's I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm a uh, hey, apple martini guy. I, 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 you know what? That's the it's Stanford in you. It's a little, that, that's it's the a Stanford in you. I can see that, an apple martini, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. But no, but so, Marcus, I think there is. Yeah. But but I I like that. I enjoy that. You know, I think any of us who have played anything and have competed in our athlete, like, you like that. You like some pressure. You right. you like expectations to be high, and, and that's what makes you try and be better. But you also got to make sure though when you that you let people know this is a tough job. Not no, easy. This is. I mean, you got to read. Think about the preparation, and like that's that's why I love this because I'll watch game. Allie's probably not watching movies because she's watching games. Yeah, game yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Exactly. That's <laughs> what sounds about she's right. Yeah. She's watching. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Synergy. Synergy. Yeah. Exactly. But that's synergy it. But synergy. Yeah. But you do. And, yeah. and you can break things. And, and that, it, it's not an easy job. Well, that's not, I tell everybody that because there's a lot of people well, out there think that they think can that do they it. Well, most people think that they can jump in and do it. Yeah, like Vince Carter. He always, every, every year he's in Memphis, he wanted to continue to come and try to talk with us. Not let Vince know you're playing, <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> and you continue to play. Well, that, but that's part of the reason why I, I do a podcast and drink because I don't have to do any prep. I don't have to study. I don't have to do anything. I just show up and just talk out of my ass. And then people are just like, ah, he's so funny. Good like for him. him. Yeah, he's got a great, yeah, a great yeah, view on we basketball. We told him he needed to bring quarters. Yeah, quarters, yeah. So we put just some put quarter in, in you and yeah. you keep on running. And that's what the alcohol typically is the, is the quarter, right? As soon as you put it in me, I'm fine. I'm fine. And Allie t- tells me to shut up most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, one more question before we wrap this up. Um, I'm just curious, especially because Richard's on his way out of the NBA. Thanks, um, Al. At some point in time. At some point. Uh, hence why he's doing this podcast. But I also learned a story that Richard wasn't very good to the media when... Oh, I did want to ask you. Sorry. Yeah, Allie's no. bringing this up, but speaking of the Nets, and obviously we're around... A, what, how did you treat the media I am early on in your I, career? I am offended. It's like a rookie, like back in 02, back in 03. I was mean to our media director. I was mean to him. Do you, but yeah. here's the thing. I just, yeah. I actually just, Gary Sussman. Maybe that's where Gary I heard the Sussman. stories from. I was very mean to Gary Sussman. So uh, he, used to, he used to have a suit on all the time, and I used to just come up from behind him and pull up the back of his like, like, uh, shirt. <laughs> I but I used to do it at the worst time, like right before like someone got traded, and he's like stressed about a press conference, and I'd see him and just pull out his shirt, and it would just start cussing at me. But I was 22, and I thought it was hilarious. So, no, but it, one of the things that I learned very, very quickly about the New York media is the Knicks sucked. Well, I guess the Knicks were the Knicks. And, uh, and we, were going, we were going through a very, very good phase. Like, we went to the playoffs my first six years. We went to the finals twice, won the division four times. No one cares um, before Rod Thorne broke it up. Uh, but we... Uh, so the, because the Knicks didn't have a lot of stuff there, I think everyone was kind of probing our team for information, for gossip, because that was where the stories were. And so you would have just, this was before the internet. This was before, not before the internet, but before there was like so much coverage everywhere online. It was before social media. So everything, we used to get that stack of papers that was like this, that had all of the, I know I'm talking. I'm telling a story, Brett. No, Come on. Says, he said quick answer. Oh, oh, oh okay. Uh, I didn't like the media very much because they always try to start stuff. Do you think they really were trying to start stuff, or you just thought that? New York media? The New York media, yes. Well, I just think that it was such a, it was so competitive between the Star-Ledger, the, the New York Times, the, the, the Post, the Daily News. They were so competitive for stories that I think at times they were trying to start, like, not start stuff, but they were just trying to pry and trying to find stuff. And then you had the whole headline thing. Well, uh, well, I didn't write the headline. That was my, that was my editor. And it's like, but still, like, 
what your story is not the same as what your headline is. And it's like the headline is what would get people to pick up a paper or click on something and that type of stuff. I didn't really have a good relationship with people that would do that. And now we can't get you off our screen. No. Or off the mic. But with that said, for you two especially, did you, I mean, we were talking to Tim Duncan on an episode and he, he told us that he didn't like to do media as well. And so we had a 10 second rule. So he would come out to his locker, he would count to 10, and if no one came to him in that time, he was done. He wasn't doing media. Did you guys enjoy the media? Did you have anything like that where you... Yeah, no, um, did arts major, went to UCLA, covered uh, ex extensively by the media at that time. I, mean, I think I was on the all-interview team the first three or four years uh, in the league, so I had, a, I had a pretty good relationship with the media until they started to get in my business a little too deep. No, no, you, you can yeah. get into it, man. What about you? You just seem no, like I, your I warm personality. I was just a reckless Stanford kid. Nobody <laughs> would talk to me. I, I wasn't the man on the team. I yeah. was, you already said it. I, I played on multiple. I like how you put that. I got to remember how you said it because usually they just say you play for a lot of teams. Yeah. But you put it eloquently earlier about Thank you. me playing for nine teams in 12 years. And so that was, <laughs> I want to figure that out. But I, if you wanted to ask me a question, I was looking for people to ask questions. The mic might have been over at Mark. I'm like, you can, you can ask me too. So I, I didn't run. I was trying to be as. Ron Tillery, who is our beat guy now, said that I was an asshole, but I always felt like I was, I was nice to people. But in being little, you got to have a little asshole in you if you're going to be successful. So. I think that's a perfect way to end. Yeah, I think it is. No more wine for me. <laughs> this is the one of the people. For Marcus, Brevin, Sarah, Richard Jefferson, I'm your host, Allie. All right. fans, don't forget, we are working with the t-shirt company that you may have seen around. Amish. They're the ones that are responsible for LeBron's ultimate warrior shirt and many of the college designs you see on tees. As they pay homage to great moments in sports and inspiring stories, go check out their NBA GM tees at homage.com. You're sure to be inspired and we'll get a kick out of their special design of Richard and Channing. Get them while they're still in stock at homage.com.